Welcome to another episode of the Scriptural Cliff Note Sessions. Hi, the Scriptural Cliff Note Sessions are available on the following platforms. Anchor, Spotify, and Apple iTunes. Follow us by hitting the follow button and subscribe so that you can hear all this important information that pertains to life and the future. Thanks. Hello and welcome and welcome back. Shabbat Shalom. I hope all is well with you. Um, whoa, hold on. We are in two kings, aka second kings, and uh, we are summing up this um, whole book. We did almost all of the chapters. It leaves us with the um, last four chapters of outline number eight. We are currently in outline slash reading number eight. So um, I'm not going to do a um, background or um, a synopsis of last week until I need to. I just want to keep moving. I feel like it's taking us forever, <laughs> but um, I hope that you're enjoying these readings and enjoying the commentary that goes with it. Um, I want to say before we start that, as I've been saying the last couple of weeks, it's a lot of stuff going on. Um, as I continue to give you food for thought and just daily lessons, I just want you to know if anything else pops up that needs to be said, I will say it. Um, I am noticing again when I'm, hold on, testing, te okay. I'm noticing again when I'm doing my reading that, um, and even when I do my daily lesson that I keep going in and out. I don't know what it is. I spoke to my husband about it and he was like, it's you, <laughs> but I it's me because sometimes I'm holding this mic and I know I move around a lot but I mean I hold this mic right up to my mouth I don't know what it is I have no idea and he checked everything out he said there's nothing wrong with the mic it's you um I don't believe that but I'm gonna do the best I can to hold on to this mic as uh, close as I can I still don't believe it I really don't because I'm like right on this mic I mean I don't know but um let me try to do the best I can. I don't, I don't know what's going on with this mic. I don't know. I know it's not me. But like I said, I'm just going to hold on to this mic and feel like I'm a singer or a rapper. But um, I mean, my my mic has this tripod. It's like right in my face. But for some reason, um, it keeps going in and out. I don't know why. But sometimes this um, this um apparatus that's connected to it i can see it on the computer screen and it'll tell me whether it's going in and out and i i i'm just sitting here and all of a sudden it's just doing whatever it does 
Um, I'm just going to try my best. I'm sorry, people. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to deal with the technical difficulties because I listen to it like when I'm in a car and, um, you know, when I have time to listen to it, sometimes right directly after I do the tape and I just, I don't know why it's doing this and it has been brought to my attention, but I just, I don't know. I'm trying, I'm trying everything. I don't know. Aside from getting a new computer, I know I'm just going to have to ante up one of these days and just get on the computer i know i know i know but until then please just hold on and just bear with me all right i'm doing the best i can people i'm doing the best i can without spending a whole lot of money and that's what i don't want to do i mean i bought a new monitor i bought a new um mic i bought new everything except for the hard drive i don't want to get rid of the hard drive simply because i have to pay for every app that i put on this hard um, drive everything um is sold individually now it doesn't come with it when i order it so that's what the bad thing is and i need a lot of stuff to go on the computer i even have a terabyte over a terabyte on my computer and because my computer's old it just i don't know I don't want to come up off the thousands of dollars. I really don't. I just don't. But um, it is what it is. I'm doing the best I can with what I got. Okay. So I'm going to move on. You heard my little <laughs> frustration. Now I'm going to um, move forward and just um, do the last of these kings. And I want to say this too. Over the weekend... I'm going to give some thought as to what I'm going to do in regards to the Chronicles, whether I'm going to cliff note it and just move forward. Because in any way that I do it, you're still going to hear the full Chronicles because I always upload the book itself. You know, some people um, are happy with listening to the reading of the book. Um, and some people aren't because I have heard mixed reviews, more good than bad but um, I try to get the best one. And sometimes people are saying they're fast. Sometimes people say they can't stand the voice of the person who's reading. Sometimes people say, okay, yeah, it's good. Um, you know, I get a lot out of that. I don't know. I mean, everybody's different. So I try to get the one with the most soothing voice with the... Um, um, sometimes slowest reading because some people could have some fast reading and everything is just going past you so I try to get somebody who's just right so the voice won't annoy you so you know what I'm saying the situations won't annoy you and sometimes they have soothing music music in the background some people don't like the soothing music some people don't want to hear no music but I try to stay on the same uh, person who's reading it all the time I'm doing the best I can with what I got. I'm just letting you know. But I'm glad that you're here and I'm glad that you're tuning in. I'm glad that you're listening. I'm glad that we're doing this walk together and all the things that I put on the platform that you are receptive to. And I thank you for that. And you should thank yourself for that, for choosing the most high in any way you can. Even if you don't listen to me, move forward to the most high. Go to somebody that you can get used to and trust i'm trying to do the best i can i'm trying to be as um, open forthright and um, honest as i can um i can't do everything for you 
but I'm going to do the best I can for you because that's what's put on my heart. So um, we're going to move forward to Second Kings and we're going to do the outline um, first, which is the highlights. And then we're just going to go through, move forward through the reading. So like I said, there's four chapters that I'm reading because this is the last of the last. But surely by the end of the week, probably by um, y'all willing um, the following Wednesday that comes up, I'll tell you whether I'm going to cliff note um, the next two books or not. Let me see. Yeah, because there's one Chronicles, two Chronicles, and then there's Ezra. Um, I'll let you know by the upcoming Wednesday in my next um, daily lesson whether I will cliff note it or not. I mean, um, you're still going to get, um, you're still going to get the reading, but you know, I, I like to add um, a little bit of history, a little bit of understanding, a little FYI. I like to add that in the commentary. So that's what I think a lot of people like. So um, even if I did a cliff note, I'm still going to um, throw some information in there. So you're not going to really miss anything. We're just going to, um, the difference is uh, one is going to be longer and the other one's going to be short in, on my end, but you're going to get the book period. So um, you're not going to really miss anything. I just wanted you to know that. All right. So we're going to move forward. Here's the highlights for, um, we are on chapter 22. So we're doing 22, 23, 24, and 25. Those are the last chapters. And um, we're going to, move forward with, uh, with what these kings are doing at this time and see how much they mess up. Okay, um, so here's the highlights. Josiah's good reign, and that's um, uh, chapter 22, one through two, Josiah's good reign, three through seven. He takes care for the repair of the temple. Um, Verses 8 through 14, Hilkiah, having found a book of the law, Josiah sends to Holdia, yep, that's it, Holdia, um, to inquire of the Most High. Verses 15 through 20, Holdia, or Holda, let's Holda. Holda prophesies the destruction of Jerusalem, but respite there of, of Josiah's time. So that's, um, those are the highlights. So let us move forward. I am reading from the um, Amplified Bible. I will let you know if the Bible changes. The reason why I'm reading through the Amplified Bible is because it's in regular uh, writing. Um, it's just easier to explain to you. And uh, the thing is, sometimes I just change the whole trajectory of what's being said. When I catch that, I'm going to go to the, um, I'm going to go to the um, CIFA and I'll read the right, um, the proper thing that's said. Yeah, I try to um, say it in regular language because this D and Dow, honey, oof. <sighs> anyway. Josiah succeeds Ammon. This is uh, chapter 22. Josiah was eight years old when he became king. Eight. And reigned for 31 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jedediah, daughter of Adiah of Bozkath. 
He did what was right in the sight of the most high. That's refreshing. And he walked in all the ways of his ancestor, David. Not to turn aside from the right or the left, meaning focusing on the most high, don't be distracted or what's going on on the left side of you, the right side of you, in the front, in the back, on the side, at the bottom. He focused on the most high. In the 18th year of King Josiah, the king sent Shaphan, the son of Azaliah, the son of, oh, I hate this son of stuff, Shashulam, the scribe of the house of the Most High, saying, go up to Hilkiah, the high priest, so that he may count the entire amount of money brought into the house of the most high which the doorkeepers have collected from the people and have them deliver it to the hands of the workmen who have been appointed over the house of the most high now you know when we was reading this last week you know the reason why that they was collecting money for the people is to rebuild the structures uh of the most high's house you know as time goes on things need to be repaired things need to be replaced and um when things are broken down or taken out or uh, uh taken away or whatever it is they have to be replenished so uh, the people who were pretty much wealthy you um you make sure that um everybody pitches in and then they um are able to cover the workmen's pay to repair whatever needs to be repaired. I just want you to know that. Okay. So we're going to keep moving on. That was five. I'm going to read it again. And have them deliver it to the hands of the workmen who have been appointed over the house of the Most High. And have them give it to the workmen who are in the house of the Most High to repair the damages of the house, which is the uh, temple. Okay. That is, have them give the money to the carpenters and the builders and the masons to buy the timber and cut stones and repair the house, which is the temple of the Most High. However, no accounting shall be required of them for the money placed in their hands because they act faithfully. Okay. Verse 8. Hilkiah, the high priest, said to Shaphan, the scribe, I have found a book of the law in the house, which is the temple of the Most High. So he found the book. Remember, they didn't open up the book for a long time, and they're going to keep doing this. They're going to ignore the um, law, statutes, and commands of the Most High. Actually, they're going to law, they're going to uh, ignore, which is not adhered to or refuse to listen to or abide by. The laws, which are 613, and the commands are the most high. Now, the statutes and the precepts, the most high always says to the prophet. So now, basically, they went into the house of the most high to, to build up or um, fix whatever needed to be fixed. And then the priest, Hilkiah, came across the book of the law. Okay. So Shaphan, um, Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan and he read it. Now, Shaphan is the scribe, the person who writes down everything. The prophet is Hilkiah. Shaphan, uh, the scribe, came to the king and brought back word to him. Your servants had emptied out the money that was found in the house 
and have placed it in the hands of the workmen who have been appointed over the house of the Most High. Then Shaphan, the scribe, told the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read it out loud before the king. So he's reading the laws and the commands to the king. Because they quote unquote found the book, even though it was in there and they totally ignored it. Verse 11. Now the king heard the words of the book of the law and he tore his clothes. Now, why do you think that the king heard the laws and the commands and then he tore his clothes? I'm going to tell you this because they haven't been listening because ain't nobody listening. That's why. Oh, everybody's been doing whatever they want to, whenever they want to. Ain't nobody listening to nothing. And the book been sitting there all that time. Okay. It been sitting there all that time. Ain't nobody open it. They're going to do this in the New Testament too. The New Testament, they do this right after they kill Yahshua. That's when they do it. That's when they consult the book. This is the nonsense of it all. Anyway, verse 12. Then the king commanded Hilkiah the priest and Hakam the son of Shaphan, Archbar, the son of Micaiah, Shaphan the scribe, and Isaiah, the servant of the king, saying, Go inquire of the Most High for my sake and for the sake of the people and all Judah concerning the words of the Most High in this book, which have been found, for great is the wrath of the Most High. Mm -hmm which has been kindled against us. You see how he, as soon as he heard the words, he knew that they were sinning. He knew because the Most High was dealing with him. He's not one of those people that uh, been listening to lies all his life. And then all of a sudden, when he hears the truth and go, how do I know that's the truth? This is how you could tell people are not being dealt with. Because there's a lot of people that have been hearing lies their whole life. And they hold on to those lies. And then as soon as they hear the truth from the book, they don't believe the book. They don't believe what's said in the book. Well, how do I know that's true? Honey, I can't help you with that. If the devil's dealing with you, then keep rocking with him. Anyway, like I said, great is the wrath of the most high, which has been kindled against us because our fathers have not listened and obeyed. Uh-huh, insubordination, children of Israel, the words of this book. So as to act in accordance with everything that is written concerning us. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Verse 14. So Hilkiah the priest, Ahikam, Akbar, I want to say it's Akbar, but it could be, yep, Akbar, Shaphan, Asia, or it could be Asaya, went to Hilda, or Hulda, the priestess, or sorry, the prophetess, my bad, prophetess which is priests, prophets, whatever. The wife of Shulam, the son of Tikva, the son of Harness, keeper of the wardrobe. She was living in Jerusalem in the second quarter, the new part of the city, and they spoke to her. Hold on. Now, so, so you know there's a prophetess. Some people said, you know, I'm, I'm going to do a lesson about men and women in regards to um dealing with the uh the most high and what um what paul said about how women not supposed to be doing this and that and paul says himself uh that he's adding his own words and all that the most high ain't never said that 
Way did the most high say that? Because Yeshua himself had women who was listening to him more and got more of his sayings than anybody else. Where is it? There now we already read that there was queens that ran the kingdom, prophetess. I mean, where is it that uh men are so much better than women? I'm gonna keep going. But I, I will lay it on the line when I do that lesson because I'm coming with receipts and a whole bunch of them. <laughs> Not just one or two. I'm coming with receipts because I don't just search these scriptures. I go through the whole library of all the books I know and I'm bringing them. Verse 15, she said to them, thus saith the most high. So what she said, the most high is talking to her? What? Uh-huh. She said to them, thus saith the most high, the El of Yasharel, tell the man who sent you to me, thus saith the most high, behold, I am bringing a catastrophe on this place, Yahuda, and its inhabitants, according to all the words of this book, which the king of Yahuda has read. What did that prophet say? She laying it on the line, honey, because they have abandoned, aka rejected me, and have burned incense to idols which are gods that they might provoke me to anger with all the work of their hands therefore my wrath burns against this place and it will not be quenched Say who? <laughs> yes honey the most i said i'm coming to get all y'all Oh, you don't want to listen? Well, I couldn't wait for you to read my book. Oh, yes. It was up to the most high to just make sure somebody looked over there to go get the book. As soon as they read it, they knew all heck was going to break. Uh-huh. And the most high simply said, um, let me get my prophetess and let them know that I, I, I'm going to get them. I'm coming and I'm sweeping them up like the dirt of, a, of the ground. Yes, I will be sweeping them. 18. But to the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Most High, you shall say this to him, thus saith the Most High, El of Yasharel, regarding the words which you have heard from the prophetess, because your heart was tender, receptive, and penitent, meaning repentant to me, and you humbled yourself before the Most High when you heard what I said against this place and against its inhabitants, that they should become a desolation and a curse. And because you have torn your clothes and wept before me, I've heard you, declared the Most High. Mm. The Most High heard you, honey. Oh, yeah, I heard you and I see you. I told you, the Most High sees everything we do. There ain't no way you can hide from the Most High. I don't care where you at. You can cut the darkest light. You can cut the light out and be in the darkest place in the world. The Most High is watching you. Well, all his light. <laughs> you the only fool in the corner doing stuff you ain't got no business. Uh-huh. <laughs> you cannot hide from the most high. Verse 20. Therefore, behold, King Josiah, I will gather you to your fathers and you will be taken to your grave in peace. And your eyes will not see all the evil and catastrophe which I will bring on this place, meaning the kingdom of Yahuda. So they brought back word to the king. And this is the bad stuff. Now I'm going to take you to Sodom and Gomorrah. When um, Abraham was pleading for them. He was like, oh, if there's 20 people there, are you going to, because the most high told um, um, Abraham, go get, um, go get Lot. 
Go on, go over there, go get him because I'm getting ready to tear up Sodom and Gomorrah, honey. I already told you, Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah in Hebrew means immorality. So they was doing a lot of immorality. Every immoral thing you could think of, that's what they was doing. Mm -hmm. So the most I say, I'm getting ready to rain down on them. And he told Abraham because he wanted Abraham to go get Lot. And Abraham, because he knew them, like he knew the five kings of that area, of those lands, because it was five lands. It wasn't just Sodom and Gomorrah. It was actually five different providences. And in the beginning, they was fine. But then later on, they started being wicked. Oh, they was wicked. So the most I said, that's enough. Their sins have uh, mounted up to uh, to the heavens. And now it got my attention. Now I'm getting ready to rain down on it. So he went into, he told, um, and we already discussed this. He went and told uh, Abraham, go get Lot. Get Lot out of there. Go on, go get him. And the, mo uh, the most high in Abraham had conversations and Abraham was trying to spare them because Abraham was a realist. I'm just going to say, Abraham knew people uh, sinned. Abraham knew that they hearts, they had good hearts. I'm just going to say that uh, because, you know, when people say, oh yeah, this person has a good heart, what they're making is a blanket statement. Okay. And they, in their minds, believe that this blanket statement suffices the fact that they're human, uh, that they're good people. Okay. But the truth of the matter is, we're human beings. We make a lot of mistakes. So saying somebody has a good heart is totally disregarding the bad stuff they do and just saying they got a good heart. If the most high did that, then everybody would run amok. This is why people who's walking in the will of the most high cannot take that as an answer. Oh yeah, they got a good heart because good heart means good intentions. But even though you have good intentions, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh is sinning because it's listening to the devil. The spirit listens to the most high. What does the scripture say? That there's enmity between the spirit and the flesh. Why? Because there's a war being raged. The devil is the prince of this air. And while you in the flesh, you thinking in the flesh, you act in the flesh, you're going to keep falling down. Even though in your spirit, you want to do good. So just to say, oh, this person got a good heart. It means nothing uh, to somebody who's uh, walking in the uh, spirit. It doesn't mean anything. I don't understand why people say it, but um, the carnal thing that people say is um, if you're using common sense, when people say, oh, this person got a good heart, is to say, like I said, oh, this person has good intentions. Well, they pretty much have good intentions. That's basically what is said when they say, oh, this person got a good heart. But we know those saints, saints know that good intentions doesn't cut it. Good intentions does not cut it. The fact that you got good intentions don't cut it simply because faith without works is dead. So you could say all you want, this person got a good heart, but until you work your faith, until you beat down that flesh, until you turn from your wicked ways, until you turn from the sins of the devil that he's given you, 
the pleasure principle, I already told you, you're going to be doing stuff pleasurable. And while you're doing that, you're sinning. Until you turn away from that, uh, the term, they got a good heart, means nothing. It doesn't mean nothing. It means squat. It's actually a smack in the face because it just sounds like an excuse. The most high is not taking it. And we shouldn't take it. When people say, oh, you got a good heart. So what? Everybody got a good heart. The devil has a good heart. The um, uh, Hitler had a good heart. I mean, people do wicked things every day. Just to say people have a good heart and good intentions. Okay. Have you acted on those intentions? Are you focusing and walking? In those good intentions. So to say that this person has a good heart, it doesn't mean nothing. It's actually a cop out for somebody or maybe somebody's just ignorant and they just saying it. I don't know. But I think that it's an excuse that's being used and it shouldn't be used because you need to consciously think about what you're saying, especially to somebody who's a saint. Don't say it to a saint because it sounds ridiculous. Oh yeah, this person got a good heart. What does that mean? It really doesn't mean anything. Everybody got good intentions. Whether they work in those intentions is another thing because this person is sinning like they don't have no sense, but somebody will turn around and go, well, they got a good heart. Is that supposed to be an excuse for you to excuse somebody's behavior? I mean, I don't know. I don't understand. This is why I don't let that fly. I don't let it fly. We have to consciously understand and think about the things that we say to people, especially uh, people that come from different walks of life, just to say something like that is not, it doesn't fly. As you see, King Josiah, he was a good king, but the kingdom itself, which consists of the whole kingdom of Yahuda, they sinned. So can we say they all had good hearts? We could say they had good intentions, but they didn't do anything to uh, move forward in those intentions. So what is that when you quote unquote have a good heart and you're not uh, uh, exercising your intentions to do right then you shouldn't even open your mouth and say nothing like that because uh, the proof is in the pudding I don't see you doing anything good but somebody saying you got a good heart I don't see it where show me that it's there and we see this with the children of Israel. That's why the Most High said, I'm getting ready to destroy all these people. I'm getting ready to get them. And the only one who's going to be um, spared is King um, Josiah, even though that's not really his name. Uh, that's the only one who's going to be spared. So I'm sure the kingdom of Yahuda, the Most High, um, that's the Most High's lot. And sure, they have good hearts, quote unquote. But they wasn't exercising um, the righteousness. They exercising the wickedness. So how could you even blurt out that somebody got a good heart? Um, when it's not being exercised or even made an example so that somebody could tangibly see it, then keep your words to yourself. And I just say that to say because... Um, the most high looks at all our hearts and he said they desperately wicked. So where is it? You got a good heart. Let the most high be the truth and every man, woman, child be a liar. Okay. Uh, righteousness is as righteousness does. Wickedness is as wickedness does. And we need to stop listening to people that which is active i didn't say hearing stop listening to people if you don't see the proof in the pudding don't listen to people if you don't see the proof in the pudding and the example if somebody say oh they got a good heart and you don't see nothing good coming from them then don't believe it that's what i'm saying people shouldn't even be saying it because where is it
where? Correction. The flesh listens to the devil, not the soul. The soul is in the middle just trying to figure it out. Moving on. Um, We are now on the highlights of chapter 23. So we know that the children of Israel... Um, the second kingdom, the little brother, which is uh, the kingdom of Yahuda, they start acting up. They're just doing all kinds of stuff. And the king is good, but the rest of the, uh, the kingdom, which is the rest of the people, they wicked. Now, remember, the most these are the most high's children. These are the most high's lot, who the most high said I chose. The most high is one gazillion percent righteousness and his children they all showing their behinds so do they have good hearts do they and they being wicked no they might have good intentions but they're not acting on those intentions so they being wicked period and the most high said i'm getting ready to deal with them and that's what it is so we're not gonna make excuses here when you're wrong you're wrong all right um the highlights of chapter 23 are one verse uh verses one and two josiah causes the book to be read in a solemn assembly verses uh verse three he renews the covenant with the most high verse four through 14 he destroys idolatry 15 through 20 he burns dead men's bones upon the altar of bethel as was for prophesied uh 21 through 23 he keeps um a most solemn passover uh 24 through 25 he puts away witches and all abominations 26 through 28 yah's final wrath against yahuda because yahoo um yahuda's in they get me they get me mm -hmm. verses 29 through 30 josiah provoking pharaoh netchok is slain at Megiddo, verses 31 through 35. Jehoahaz succeeded, succeeding him, is imprisoned by Pharaoh Nechok, who makes Jehoiakim king. 36 through 37, Jehoiakim's wicked reign. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Let's go. You see how they keep uh, being wicked and righteous, wicked and righteous. Now, I'm going to tell you a bridge to this, this um, Second Kings, along with Chronicles, the book of the Shepherd of Hermas, the prophecy, and um, hold on, there's another book that's connected to this. Trying to think. The book of Barak goes with this. The dark waters and the light waters, which is in the book of Barak, and the um, 12 hills or the 12 mountains in the book of um, Shepherd of Hermas is a prophecy to the kingdoms and the lines of the 12. And that's what brings to mind the nonsense that's going on in these books. All right, so now we're on um, chapter 23. Josiah's covenant. 
Remember, the Most High said, Josiah's going to be spared. He's going to live a good life until he dies. That's what the Most High said. Most High don't go back on his word. So we know that uh, Josiah, who is the king at this time of Yahuda, remember there's two different kings, a big brother and a little brother. Um, the kingdom of Yahuda, which is Judah, you know, there wasn't no J's 500 plus years ago. The kingdom of Yahuda consists of one and a half tribes. The rest of the ten and a half is Israel. But sometimes when you say Israel, it's just all the whole, both, depending on um, what's being said and what's happening. So we know the Most High is dealing with Yahuda right now. So King uh, Josiah is the only one that's doing right. Now that's the one with the good heart. Everybody else, no. <laughs> okay. Because righteousness is as righteousness does. Can't just lie and say it's good and it's not. That's what this is the world we live in now. Good is bad and bad is good. This is the nonsense. Anyway. King Josiah sent word and they brought to him all the elders of Yahuda in Jerusalem. Now, I'm just going to say these J's, but you know, there wasn't no J's. The king went up to the house of the Most High, which is the temple. And with him, all the men of Yahuda and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests, the prophets, and all the people. So this is the whole kingdom, both small and great, everybody. And he read, hold on, I need you to listen to, I'm going to talk about it after I finish, okay? I'll just talk about it. He read in um, their hearing all the works of the book of the covenant, which he found in the temple of the most high. So basically the king called an assembly. Okay. No church. You'll never hear church. That's how you could tell the old Testament was the right thing to say when it came down to uh, the assembly of the people because church and assembly two different things they calling things church this is how they fooling you and because it's not an offensive word and it should be because you was taught to um us everybody was taught that church in the um in the realm of the children of israel was a good word so nobody's offended but you should be offended because church is different from assembly. Assembly is the people of uh, the children of um, Israel coming together. Who is the bride of the most high? Who is the lot of the most high? Who is the counterpart of the most high? Yes, not church. Because today the concept of church is a building that you come in and, and, um, you do things then you whatever and that's not right because uh, today people are manipulating people with the word church and it, like i said in the new testament you hear church but it wasn't no church it's just an assembly assembly if there wasn't no building because the, remember the children of israel when they left out of um bondage mizraim when they left out of mizraim and they went to the um to the wilderness there wasn't no buildings they were the building. They were the church. Just like Yeshua said, you're the temple. 
you are the temple. So it was never a word church. It was temple from the assembly of the bride. It's just like anybody who watches those cartoons, the Autobots, the Decepticons, when they all assemble, you become this big being when individually you're the little beings. So that's what the children of Israel are. Little pieces, little human beings that are uh, that assemble and become the bride of the Most High. That's who they are. And I'm sure nobody has ever explained it to you that way because people still keep talking about let's go to church. It's not about the building. It's not. It's about the coming together of the people. That's what the Most High says from the beginning, the middle, and the end, and today. But people just keep going, oh, why you don't go to church? You don't need to go to church. Where there's two or more, that's where Yeshua said he is. So where is that you have to be in a building? These are the concepts and constructs that you've been manipulated to uphold. Have you not been fooled? I'm going to keep going. Anyway, verse three. The king stood by the pillar because he assembled the, uh, the children of Yahuda. So now the bride is a part of the bride, which, you know, now there's two parts of the bride. Because like I said, uh, the children of Israel or the kingdom of Israel is 10 and a half tribes. That's the larger brother. And the little brother is the one and a half tribes, which is being um, ruled by King Josiah. So the little brother is assembled. Okay. So all the whole, the whole children of uh, the kingdom of Yahuwah has assembled. Okay. So they the little brother. They all there. So now the king stood by the pillar and said, excuse me, and made a covenant before the Most High to walk after the Most High and keep his commandments, his testimonies, his statutes with all his heart and soul to confirm the words of the covenant that were written in this book. This is what the uh, the king is saying, just to remind people, this is what we're supposed to uphold and we haven't been doing it. Since somebody put the book down, nobody touched it and is following it. This is why all this stuff uh, keep coming. This is why we keep having all this calamity and all this nonsense because we ain't listening to the most high. This is what the king is basically telling the rest of the kingdom. And all the people entered into the covenant. So now he's making them listen to the laws and the um, commands of the most high, bringing it to their attention again and making sure that they got it. So he's reading it out and he's making sure they listening, not just hearing, because remember, listening is active. So you have to act on what you heard, not just, oh, it just went into one ear and came on out the other. Oh, I didn't hear nothing you said. Yes. So verse four, then the king commanded Hilkiah, the high priest and the priests of the second rank and the doorkeepers to bring out the temple of the Most High, all the articles made for Baal. You see the slap in the face that they was doing to the Most High? For the goddess Astaroth. Yeah. And for all the starry host of heaven, which is um, astro astrology. Yeah, astrology. The Most High don't want people to practice that either. Not that it's not real. It's real, but it's wicked. That's why the Most High don't um, want you to do it. Because as a matter of fact, the, uh, the angels, the fallen angels, when they first came down here in Genesis, they're the ones who taught people astrology. 
how to read the stars, how to do all this. Guess who hides in the signs of astrology in the skies? Devils. You better go to the book of, or the testament of um of uh, Solomon. They tell you where they go. They tell you. They tell you where they are. So when you start reading all the stars and 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 counting numbers and doing all that stuff, you're doing wickedness. Wickedness. You're practicing idolatry. Yes, and and a part of the um the laws and the commands is not to practice idolatry. It's all in through the Bible, so you can't say, "Oh no, I didn't know." Yes, and you can't use semantics either to hide behind the nonsense that you hide behind, because that's what we do. We start making excuses. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, this. Oh, that. You're not fooling anybody but yourself. Because the Most High sees everything we do as plain as day. We the only fools who believe in our heads that the devil's fooling us when we believe these things. We believe in our heads that that excuse is going to fly and it's not. So the Most High, um, um, the Most High had um, Josiah come and, and take all the... Um, all of the statues that's idolatry out of the house of the most high stop um, worshiping Baal and the goddess Astaroth and stop looking up at the stars and practicing um, astrology. Okay. The starry host of heaven and he burned them all outside Jerusalem in the fields of Kidron and carried their ashes to Bethel where Yasharel's idolatry began. And the bridge of that is 1 Kings 12, 28 and 29. Verse five, he got rid of the idolatrous priests whom the kings of Yahudah had ordained to burn incense to the pagan gods in the high places in Judah's cities. Oh gosh. And all Jerusalem now. I'm going to say this as I keep going. I'm going to say this and then I'm going to keep going. People cannot wonder why we suffer the way we do. Because just the things I just pointed out, people are doing today. All those people who claim to uh, love the Lord, they practicing um, astrology. They looking at stars. They counting numbers. I'm not saying this stuff ain't real. I never said it's not real. It is real, but it's wicked. It's a part of the laws. It's a part of the commands not to do it. Uh -huh. There's no excuse for you to do it. Now, if there's certain numbers that's being said, because I already told you in my head, certain numbers be going too. Uh-huh. But I'm not following numbers. I'm not following it. I'm, I've never been a person who did numbers. My, my husband's a number person. I'm talking about with mathematics and all that. He's a whiz with all that. I was never that. But when, when numbers, certain numbers start popping in my head and just doing it and it kept doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it. I'm praying to the most high. What is this? The mo what is this most high? I don't know what this is. I don't want to, I don't want to deal with it most high. I don't know what it is. It never happened to me before. I'm not a numbers person. You know, I'm not a numbers person. Help me to understand what it is. And he helped me to understand what it is. Do I keep doing that? Do I keep thinking about numbers? No, but certain times I do think about numbers and then I'm praying to the most high and he's letting me know what it is. This is how I'm able to let it be okay with me. And I'm not saying I'm following astrology or numbers, but sometimes things pop in my head in regards to that. And I'm on my knees begging to find out what it's about. Cause I'm not, I'm not going to follow anything that does not line up with the word of the most high. I'm just not going to do it. Cause I understand and acknowledge what the laws, statutes, precepts, and commands says. 
All right. I'm going to do the best I can as a human being, understanding and knowing I'm a spirit having a temporary experience on earth and I got to go back to my creator. So I'm going to do the best I can. I'm not saying that I'm not going to sin or fall down. I'm not. I can't say that because I'm a human being here, but I'm going to try my best and do the best I can. And that's what the most High wants us to do. If you know something is bad and you come to find out something's bad and you shouldn't do it, turn away from it, period. Because yes, we all fall down, but after you fall down, what you going to do? You're going to stay down and keep groveling in the dirt like a pig? Are you going to get up, dust yourself off, pray to the most high, let him know you made a mistake, help um, and get him to help you to turn away from whatever it is and keep moving. Because you, all your faith, all your love, all your um, loyalty got to be on the most high. That's what real faith is. Not just, oh yeah, I'm going to believe this, but I ain't going to believe that. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. One foot here, one foot there. No, that's not real faith. That's why nobody's moving mountains. That's why nobody's moving mountains. Because you got to be all in or nothing. The most high is not going to take a piece of you. He's taking it all. And if you can't give it all, don't fool yourself. Back to what I was saying. Verse five. He, as in the king, got rid of the idolatrous priests whom the kings of Yahuda had ordained to burn incense of pagan gods in the high places of Yahuda city and all around Jerusalem. Also those who burn incense to Baal, the devil, to the sun, which they doing now and have been since the, um, the reign of the last kingdom, to the moon, to the constellations of the zodiac, uh, the bridge of that is um, um, the testament of um, Solomon when them devils came from the Zodiac. They telling you they come from the Zodiac. They tell you they are part of the Zodiac. Anyway, um, the constellations, which is of the Zodiac and all the starry hosts of heaven. Okay. Now, we already know there's a firmament which is the heavens, just the skies above us. If you go outside or if you outside already and you look up, those are the heavens right there. That's not where the most high is. That's not where the heavenly hosts are. That's where wickedness is. Okay. When the most high said, you're not fighting flesh and blood, you fighting principalities um, and uh, powers. That's what you're looking at up there. The devils tell you left and right when you read in certain books what they do. They tell you they hide in the skies. They tell you they hide in stars. They tell you they are stars. Oh, they tell you all of that. But um, ignorant human beings who call themselves following God or not my Lord, they dabble in all of this and they have no idea that they sinning. And then they perk up their lips and they say that they children of the most high. Sanctified and all of that, they keep saying. You only fooling yourself, sirs and madams. You either all in with the most high or you ain't at all because you cannot be in the middle. I didn't already say what I said. You practicing all this nonsense and trying to call yourself a, a Christian or whatever else. No, you're not. I mean, you might be a Christian because this is organized dogma, but you sure ain't following the most high with it. Okay, and um, King Josiah just showed you showed you that because the children of Yahuda, remember, they the Most High's lot, and they was still doing it. That's why the Most High said he was gonna get them. Now, whose heart is right in the Most High that live down here on earth? Not one of us. Now, y'all need to get your head out your behind and stop thinking that you righteous and you sanctified and saved and holy and all this nonsense. Not one of us are. We all down here trying to walk the walk. 
That's what we trying to do. Don't you dare get up there and talk about you better than somebody else or talk about you sanctifying all this and not one of you are. Not one. Because if Yahshua stuck his foot down here one just today, if he did it today, we cannot say that we will go with him. We can't. Because he could tell you 10 different ways how you've been sinning and you don't even know that you have been sinning. So like I said, the devil's fooling everybody. We all a bunch of dumb criminals. Back to what I was saying, verse six, Josiah brought out the Ashtaroth from the house of the Most High uh -huh, to the brook of Kidron outside Jerusalem and burned it there down to the ground to the dust and through the dust on the graves of the common people who sacrificed to it. Who now? If the children of Israel, who is in the line of Yahuda, who the Most High says the kings, and the Most High loved the whole children of Israel and they being wicked. Can you honestly say in your heart of hearts that you always sanctified and this and that and la, la, la? Give me a break. We all trying. That's what you should be saying. To say you better than anybody else by saying, oh, I'm holy and sanctified. I'm this, I'm that, and that. Chad, please. If you smoking, if you doing stuff, you ain't got no business in any way, you're not. Anyway. Because sin is sin, period. There is a difference between a saint and a sinner. Just because you a saint don't mean you ain't making mistakes and you ain't sinning. It just means you're doing your best. This is why the laws is here. So the most high know how to reprimand you. Because people ain't getting it. Verse seven. And he tore down the house of the male cult prostitutes. Now I got to say this. They saying cult prostitutes, male, but it, I'm sure it don't say that. Hold on, hold on. Okay. I'm on verse seven of chapter 23. And what I said was, remember, I'm in the, um, I'm in the um, Amplified Bible. Now I'm going to tell you and prove to you. And as I continue to prove to you how to, um, things were switched around um does it make a difference because some people say oh it don't matter but it really does uh there was a actually issue and i'm gonna get back to what i'm gonna say but there was actually an issue that someone who was ignorant was saying that it doesn't matter um what language that the bible was in it's all good and that is farther from the truth simply because when you're trying to um, decipher somebody else's language, when it was written in the original language, you're not going to be able to do a lot of the words, which is detrimental. Not only that, you're changing words. And I'll tell you how subtle it is, too, because people think that Spanish, you know, we there's different types of Latino people. And I'm just using this as, as an example. And a Spanish person saying something and a Mexican person saying something, it's not the same language. It might be little bits and parts, that is, but it really isn't the same language. You could say something in um, Spanish to a Mexican and it can offend them. We have to be careful how things are interpreted especially when you're writing it from a different language. 
either they leave certain parts out that does not equate to your language, they leave it out altogether, or they'll make something up. This is detrimental. And why is it detrimental? Because the children of Israel's books was deciphered or broken down in other languages. And a lot of the um a lot of the stuff that's being said is misinterpreted. So I'm going back to what the person said, and the person actually said to me, it doesn't matter. It really does matter. This person is ignorant and this person has no idea what they're talking about. And there's a lot of people that is like that. Until you're walking with the most high, you're not going to be able to interpret um, or even understand what's being said. And we know this because a lot of people is in church and they're starving. There's, their souls and spirits are starving, literally starving. They're starving. They're not being fed. And I'm going to give you a, a perfect point and then I'm going to keep moving. Verse 7 says, and I'm in the Amplified Bible, and Josiah turned um, tore down the houses of the male cult prostitutes. Now, it says that in the Amplified Bible, okay? Now, I'm getting ready to pull out the King James. Hold on. Give me one minute because I got to get to the um, the chapter. The King James Version says, and he break down the houses of the sodomites okay now i'm going to read from the sifa and it says and he broke down the houses of the sodium sodomium i'll just say sodomium because it's saying sodom Em, so I'll just say Sadamium. <laughs> I can't really put it, uh, pronounce it, but it's Sadamium. I'll say it now. Why does it matter? Some people will say, "Well, why does it matter?" Because today's today in twenty twenty three, you would say prostitutes. You could say hoes, prostitutes, or whatever. But the real, um, the real closer thing would be the King James and the um, the um, Sifa, simply because it's Sodom. Sodomite, a Sodomite, is someone who is a homosexual. That's the sodomite. That's what they call them. Now, today's words and today's terms and their uh, concepts and um, constructs would say homosexual. Homo mean, meaning um, a human sexual. 
homosexual because we're homo sapiens. So homosexual will be somebody having the same sex, having sex with the same sex. Basically, that's what it is. So they're trying to make it scientific and they're trying to make it sound cute. Sodomite is the same thing, but it's an older biblical word. Okay. And Sodom is actually a land. And what does Sodom mean in um, Hebrew? Immorality. So that's how important this is. I'm just saying this to, to uh, prove to you the original um, language as close to the original language is important because when you keep twisting words, you're going to be confused and you're not going to know what it means. And a lot of people are. A lot of people are confused and they don't know what it is. So right now they'll just say a cult prostitute. Now today, what is a cult prostitute? What would you think of when you hear cult prostitute? You don't know what it is. You have no idea. Your thoughts would not be what it really is. And this is what I mean about these changing words. This is the problem. But the first thing somebody will say, as soon as you tell them something different that they've, uh, they haven't heard, which is the truth, like it's the truth that changing the words makes it, uh, it's detrimental because you're actually say you keep telling the truth and then a little lie is making everything worse. Just like Yeshua said, a little leaven leavens up the whole loaf. So you put a little lie in there or you change semantics or you change words and you're not telling the truth anymore. You're not. So they're saying cold prostitutes, but they're saying sodomites. Understand what that means. And I say that to say, we're going to experience this a lot reading in the scriptures. And this is why um, when you get a Bible, don't just get one. If you get a King James and you don't like the the and the thou, because the, the children of Israel didn't even speak English and that's old English, all this the and thou stuff. And a lot of people get turned off by that. So then now you got to go get uh, amplified because it's in regular language, but then it's all the words is wrong. So it's telling you something else. So you got to work with more than one Bible. Then you get the CIFA, which is the closest because they went back and just try to keep it as, um, as truthful as possible. That's what they try to do. Remember, it's not written in in English. So it, there is going to be some law stuff in translation. It just is. But your best bet is to get a C for, or if you can stand the old English, get a King James. But like I said, I have several Bibles. I read this regular Bible to you and I know and understand that a lot of this stuff is misinterpreted. I understand that. That's why I have more than one. And if I need to bring the original stuff to you as close to the original, I will. That's how important it is. But the average person who doesn't know that they will fight you down to the ground and swear up and down what they're saying is real and it's two left feet wrong. Their intentions are good, but they're still wrong. Now I'm going to move on. So they were sodomites. So Josiah tore down, we on seven. Josiah tore down the house of the sodomites, which were at the temple of the Most High. 
Now, why is that a problem? Because you're sinning and you know you're sinning, but his heart is good. Uh-huh. There it is. We all sinners. We have to focus and remember that all of us are. Because at any time, we fall off the wagon. How are we going to be a sodomite in the house of the Most High? In the temple of the Most High? How? Child, they doing that left and right today. But I'm just saying. I'm, and you're talking about you so holy. Stop the nonsense. You ain't fooling me. And you certainly ain't fooling the Most High. I already know I'm a sinner just trying to make it. Just trying to make it every day. I know that. Okay, I can walk in that. I can be honest in it. I can walk in it. I can stand in it. I do my best every day as a child of the Most High. The Most High knows that. And I'm going to be real with you at all times. Okay? I ain't no better than nobody else. The difference is the Most High is working with me and on me. And this is why I got hard times just like everybody else. Okay? I don't walk on water. And neither does nobody else. That's how I know every every heart is wicked because the Most High says it. I'm be I believe the Most High. He said every heart is wicked. Nobody's better than nobody else. I don't care what your position is. I don't care what status you hold. Nobody's better than nobody else. Because if that's the case, somebody's better than somebody else. I want to see a mountain go into the sea. I want to see it. I want to see somebody walk on water. I want to see somebody go through the mist. I want to see all of that from you whoever uh, thinks that they up there with the, the most high or Yeshua. I need to see that. Show me, because I'm a big skeptic. The most high who was Yeshua in the flesh when he came down here in the New Testament said, we're going to be able to do all that. So if you so highly everything, I need to see some things. Please help me to see it. Then I'll be a believer, because I'm a big skeptic. I need to see that. Okay? And until I see that, we all on the same level. Because the Most High said every heart is wicked and we all fall the short. I understand that. I believe that because we do. Period. Verse 8. Then Josiah brought all of the idolatrous priests from the cities of Yahuda and desecrated the high places where the priests had burned incense. You see, even the priest was wicked. Oh, but no, no, no. Uh-uh. You can't take my Jesus child, please. Oh, gosh, the nonsense. It just burns my ears. The nonsense that people talk. It just they look ridiculous saying it too. Uh, these heathens that uh, that even though they're the children of Israel, they act like heathens, period. Your thoughts and your actions make you who you are. Most I say, you know, the tree by the fruit that it bears. If you bear and bear fruit, damn it, you a bad tree, period. Then Josiah, verse eight, brought out all our idolatrous priests. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, they was priests that was idolatrous, okay? From the cities of Yahuda and desecrated the high places where the priests had burned their in incest, excuse me, incense, to idols from Geba to Beersheba, Beersheba, that is north to south. And he tore down the high places of the gates where at the entrance of the gate of Yahshua, the governor of the city, which were on one's left at the city gate. Verse nine. However, the priests of the high places were not allowed to go up to the altar of the most high in Jerusalem to serve, but they ate unleavened bread among their brothers. Josiah, who's the king, also defied, uh, defiled 
Topheth, which is in the valley of Ben-Hinnon, son of Hinnon, so that no man could make his son or his daughter pass through the fire. That means sacrificing them through fire, burning them up. You see all the things that the children of Israel was doing? And they the, they're the most high's lot. So they could have just walked around and boasted themselves. Oh, yeah, we sanctified and highly this and highly that. But what did the most high do to them? He sent Josiah to tear them up. So nobody better not walk around, especially to me, talk about they sanctify and highly this and highly that. Man, please, go on. The devil's uh, <laughs> making you a dumb criminal. Like I said, so all of those sons and daughters that they made pass through the fire for Molech. Ezekiel 16 and 21. And Josiah got rid of the horses that the kings of Judah had given in worship to the sun at the entrance of the house of the Most High. Mm -hmm. Nathan Melech, the official, which was in the annex, and he burned the idols, or the chariots, sorry, of the sun. So what was they doing? Sun worship. Uh-huh. Sun worship to the heathens. That's what he was, that's what they was doing. The altars dedicated to the starry host of heavens, again, uh, the Zodiac. So that's what they was doing. Because that's what they was doing in the beginning. The angels, the fallen angels taught them how to do that. Anyway, and I'm going to tell you, even though after the flood, after the flood, because remember, the first time the Most High got rid of everybody was the flood because of wickedness. After the flood, you think the uh, you think the um, the fallen angels didn't write stuff down and they wrote it on tablets. What's tablets? Stone. After the flood and everything dried up in certain areas of the world is stone tablets to this day written in ancient writing you think the fallen angels didn't write stuff down and they picked it up and deciphered it and started picking up doing evil like they did it says this in the scriptures and what are they finding today a lot of uh, stone carvings that they um can't decipher you want to stop playing with me and the most high back to what i was saying verse 12 the altars dedicated to the host of the zodiac which were on the roof of the upper chamber of Ahaz, which the king of Yahudah had made, and the stars which Manasseh had made in the two courtyards of the house of the Most High. You see how they smacked the Most High in the face? In his home temple. Mm. The king tore down and he smashed them there and threw their dust into the brook, the brook of Kidron. This is what the king is doing tearing everything down that's uh, uh, smacking the most high in the face because they found the book of the law and the commands so when that king found out what they was doing he immediately got up and started tearing everything down everything got to come down but before that what was he doing he was complacent because he didn't know ignorance is not bliss ignorance is not bliss and I did a lesson on that just because you ignorant does not mean you, you don't need to get up off your behind and go search for the truth. Somebody went and brought the king the laws and the commands. What did the king do? He listened and he turned around and he took action. He did not become complacent and go, oh, I didn't know. Those are excuses from the devil. Because being complacent and saying he didn't know, even though he heard it or he was privy to it, when you learn better, you do better. 
to stay there and uh, revel in your ignorance is not bliss. It's not going to help you. It's actually going to be counted against you. And this particular get, uh, king got up off his behind and took action. That's what you're supposed to do. Because when you learn better, you do better. All right? Verse 13. The king decreated the high places which were opposite east of Jerusalem, which were on the right, which is the south of the Mount of Corruption, of Solomon, the king of Israel, had built for Astaroth. And I'm going to tell you this. I uploaded the Testament of Solomon. My suggestion to you is find that book and listen to it. Because Solomon had more spiritual wisdom, that is epinosis, than anybody. Okay? Epinosis is spiritual wisdom. Spiritual wisdom comes from the most high. Now with Solomon having higher knowledge than earthly carnal knowledge, you would think that he wouldn't even want a hoe because that's his Achilles heel, a hoe. So since he kept accumulating more and more hoes, they came with more and more problems. Okay, they came from other nations. Number one, the Most High did not want him to go with um, other females from other nations. That's that's a law that he broke. Number two, after he was going with these hoes, uh, Deuteronomy 17, 17, saying, if you have too many females or too many anything, it's idolatry because your mind is being taken off me. Deuteronomy 17, 17, please go. Okay, go there. That's another law that he broke. Number three, when you start getting too puffed up and arrogant, now you're going to follow the devil because the devil starts wooing you. And that's exactly what he did to, um, to Solomon. The devil started wooing Solomon through the hoes. Uh-huh. And this one particular hoe he wanted. And he told this um, king and the priest, I want, your, I want your daughter. He said it to the king. And the king said, well, if you want my daughter, then you're going to have to worship my God, which is idol. Solomon said, nope, I'm not going to worship your, your God. Even though Solomon was sinning left and right, he was still um, favored by the most high. Solomon said, nope, I'm not going to, um, and I'm just giving you a, a synopsis. Solomon said, I'm not going to worship your gods. So this is what the king did. If, if you listen to the priest, I'm going to give you to my, I'm going to give you my daughter. Okay, remember that Solomon had thousands. It was a thousand of them, 700 wives and 300 concubines or 300 wives and 700 concubines. I can't remember which was which, but it was a thousand in all. But he just kept accumulating. So you already know he was idolatrous big time. But then when he wanted this particular hoe, half a hoe, whatever you want to call her, she was an outside heathen from another nation. And she was a princess. Solomon wanted her. And the king said, listen to the listen to my um my priest, who is these idolatrous priests. The priest told him, if you crush up these seven or eleven, I don't know how many, if you crush up these seven or eleven um grasshoppers or whatever they were, something in the grasshopper, I forgot whether it was a grasshopper or something else. If you crush up these grasshoppers, then we'll give you the hoe, which is the princess. 
You know what the symbolism for crushing those grasshoppers was? A tribute to Moloch. So after Solomon did that, all the wisdom that the Most High gave him left. Now, you got to understand who wisdom is. Wisdom is not a what. Wisdom is a who. Wisdom is the Ruach. So the Ruach was living in Solomon. When Solomon crushed those grasshoppers, the, uh, the Ruach left him. That's how delicate the Ruach is. The Ruach cannot live in your body with sin. The devils and the Ruach cannot live in your body. And that's in the book of the Shepherd of Hermas. They cannot live together. They cannot abide together or have an abode together. They cannot be together. Okay? And this is in many books. I'm, I'm quoting many books. They cannot stay together. That's why Yahshua, back to the Bible, says you cannot be in the middle. You can't be in the middle. You can't worship me and still be sinning because you're opening yourself up to sin, but you're still trying to hold on to me. Either you're going to be cold or you're going to be hot. But because you're in the middle, I'm going to spit you up. That's what Yahshua says. You got to understand what's being said here. You got to understand what's being done here. You cannot read this Bible for understanding, have the rule of walk with you and still be doing the nonsense you're doing today. You can't. Moving on. Like I said, verse 13, and I'm going to read it again. The king, um, he burnt down all the high places, which was opposite of Jerusalem, um, which was on the right of the Mount of Corruption, which Solomon, the king of Israel, had built for Astaroth. Okay? The repulsiveness of the Sidonians. For Chemoth, the repulsiveness of Moab, and the Milcom, the repulsiveness of the sons, which is the descendants of Ammon. I already told you, Ammon and um, Moab, those are Lot's descendants, which is the nephew of um, Abraham. So are they related to us? Yes, but they wicked. They wicked because they chose to follow the devils. There's many of our uh, cousins, distant, distant cousins that follow the devil. You think they didn't know who the most high was? Just because you know who the most high is don't mean you have to follow them. I mean, people, a lot of people knew them. A lot of people knew the most high. They knew that the children of Israel had a most high who was higher than everybody. That didn't sway them left or right from uh, following their own gods. They knew who it was. Everybody knew who the most high was. Don't you don't you think for one minute that nobody knew who the most high was? Everybody knew the stories, everybody. Old Testament, New Testament now. They know whether they choose to follow is a different story. Verse 14. The king broke in pieces the sacred pillars the cultic memorial stones and images, the cult of um, Asherim and place them with human bones to desecrate the places forever. Uh-huh. Um, further, the altar that was at Bethel, the high place which Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, 
who made Israel sin, had made even an altar to the high place, he tore that down. The king is tearing everything down. Then he demolished the stones, ground them to dust, and burned them at Astaroth. Mm -hmm. And as the king turned, he saw the graves that were on the mountain, and he sent men and had the bones taken from the graves and burned them on the altar, thereby desecrating it. In accordance to the word of the Most High, mm -hmm. which the king, oh, sorry, which the, prof, uh, the prophet prophesied, who proclaimed these things about this altar, naming Josiah before he was born. So, you know, uh, Josiah was prophesied that he would do all of this stuff. You think the most high didn't do all this stuff before the foundation of the world? Please. He just let you know right there. 17, then Josiah said, what is this monument, which is a gravestone, that I see? The men of the city told him, it is the grave of the man of the most high who came from Yahuda and proclaimed these things which you have done in Bethel. Now, isn't that something? So they went up to the grave, Josiah, and it just happened to be the grave of a prophet that prophesied that Josiah would do that. Tell me the most high ain't wonderful, great, and perfect. You're not going to play with the most high. That's what you're not going to do. And the more and more we learn about how the Most High does things, the more and more we should know the Most High is not playing with us in any way. He's not playing with us in any way. He ain't got time for the nonsense, okay? It don't matter one way or the other to him what you're going to choose, okay? But he's giving you a hint and a half to choose him. He's giving you chance after chance after chance after chance after chance. And if not, when he come down here, you're going to get what you get. Or if you die before he come down here, you're going to get what you get. It is what it is. Verse 18, he said, let him alone. Let no one disturb his bones. So they left his bones undisturbed with the bones of the prophet who came from Samaria. And this bridge is in 1 Kings 13, 31 and 32. 32 king josiah also removed all the houses of the high places which were in the cities of samaria which the kings of yasharel who made provoking the most high to anger and he did to them just as he just as he has done to those in bethel dig them up and burn them up all the priests of the high places who were um there he slaughtered on the altars. So he killing all those idolatrous people who are the children of Israel and burn human bones on them to desecrate the places forever. Then he returned to uh, Jerusalem and you know, it's not J. So if I interchange and say Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you know what I mean? Verse 21, the king commanded all the people saying, celebrate the Passover of your L as it is written in the book of the covenant, uh, 22. Indeed, such a Passover as this had not been held since the days of judges who judged Yasharal. You see how they just put that book right there and never opened it again. And then when the king opened it, he's dead, gone dead, fell out. He almost fell out and died because he couldn't believe all the nonsense that was going on. Same thing happening today. Well, people ain't doing nothing. They just letting all that stuff fly. 
Oh, no, they got good hearts. Oh, okay. All right. See you on the left. Anyway, I'm going to read it again, 22. Indeed, such a Passover as this day has not been held since the days of the judges who judged Yasharel, nor in all the days of Yasharel and the king of Yahuda. But in the 18th year, the king Josiah, this, this Passover of the Most High was kept in Jerusalem. Moreover, Josiah removed the mediums. Aha, people see mediums today. What did I tell you? That's against the law to see them and soothsayers and the household gods. Whatever you got in your house that's sitting there that got fingers on it, idols, well, I don't care, G, uh, Jesus, some, some picture of Jesus, Mary, whoever it is, whatever you doing, and that's in your house, a picture of a of a alabaster Jesus with long hair, throwing up gang signs with lambs and all that. Get that mess out your house because it's idolatry. Okay, and I'm going to read it again. Verse 24, moreover, Josiah removed the mediums and the soothsayers and the household gods, the idols that's in people's houses. And the idols and all repulsive things that were seen in Judah and Jerusalem, so that he might fulfill the words of the Most High, which is in the law, okay, in the book, which Hilkiah, the priest, found in the temple of the Most High. Get rid of all those idols. Nobody, nobody don't even really want to um, say what Yahshua really looked like. So how do you know? That this Jesus that you got in your house is the savior. First of all, ain't no such thing as Jesus. I already told you. Check the platform library. The Pope is saying it himself. Okay. He's doing stuff himself, honey. Uh, that they sinning and doing all of that. That's number one. Uh, the what real quote on what Yahshua looked like does not um, look like what Jesus looked like. I already told you Yahshua was a melanated man. He wasn't pretty he wasn't beautiful he wasn't none of that because the most high didn't make him that of that so that there would be no sin nobody lusting lusting after him or nothing i already went through that with uh yeshua and the most high look like find it on the platform library uh, jesus mary all them no if they was born in africa that they call middle east now they was born in north africa way back in the days before everything um got tore down by the fourth kingdom what hue do you think they look like if if the prophets and the kings is saying that they black and they in the line of the kings which is yahuda and yahshua who is the most high in the flesh came from the line of the kings what do you think he looks like he surely don't look like jesus we don't know who Jesus is. I already told you who Jesus was. I go to the platform library. It even breaks down the word Jesus, what it is. We don't know who that is. So understand that if you got idols in your house and they all alabaster and they sitting there, get rid of them. If you are a true child of the Mashiach, I'll just say that because they say Messiah, but it's the Mashiach. If you are a child who is following the messiah i'll just say messiah for your sake get rid of all the idols this is what they saying here get rid of them because what you're worshiping and what you're holding on to and and loving on and doing whatever is idolatry period verse 25 
Before him, there was no king like Josiah who turned to the most high with all his heart, with all his heart and all his soul and all his might in accordance with all the laws of Moses, nor did anyone like him arise after him. Now, I'm going to say this. Those people who talk about they sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost, whatever it is they say in child. This king, it says in this book, his heart was filled with the most high. He got rid of all the idols. He got rid of everything. And all his focus was on the most high. Can you say this? Can you say that you focus on the most high and all the sin that you know is sin and even the stuff that you believe is sin, but you're not sure and you're walking in the middle. Can you really say that you all your heart and all your soul and everything is on the most high? This is what I'm trying to tell you. This is what I'm trying to tell you. I need you to understand this. I need you to think about this. Can you really say that? Because all the people that say, oh, I'm this and I'm that. You're giving yourself a pat on the back, but it ain't real. It's not that many people who the Most High said it was um, that is like that. It's not that many people. Remember, in the New Testament, Yeshua said, you'll be able to do all this stuff if you follow me, if you listen to me. If your faith is strong, then you'll be able to do what I do. I don't see nobody doing none of that. Going through the mist, people going through, walking through walls, ele um, levitating, um, um, being from here to there, angels coming to get them, them talking to angels, um, moving uh, the uh, the mountains into the sea. I, I don't see any of that. I understand what the Bible says. I don't see any of that. We all striving for real faith. And I'm, I'm just going to say that. We all striving for real faith. But the Most High says to us, this is why the Lord's Statutes, Peace, and Commands is still intact um, for the children of Israel. But those who have true faith, then they don't have to worry about it. So you tell me, who got that? I just read two kings and uh, one, two kings that had that kind of uh, faith. Josiah and another king that I read last week or the week before that. That's what it says. N not many kings and not many people, period, aside from the prophets. So can you really say you up there with them? You on the same level as them? If you say yes, you fooling yourself. Period. Verse 26. However, the Most High did not turn from the fierceness of his great wrath, which was kindled against Yahuda, the whole kingdom of Yahuda, because of all the despicable acts which Manasseh had provoked him. So the Most High said, I will remove Judah from my sight. What now? He said he's going to get rid of Judah. Where we at today, Judah? In the land of our captivity. This is all the nonsense our ancestors did. Child, that's another story. Anyway, most I said, I'm going to get rid of Judah from my sight. Just as I removed Israel. Where's Israel right now? They in bondage. I already told you that a couple of weeks ago. A king, um, a king came and took them away. Yeah, huh? How many times did the children of Israel go into bondage? I'm talking about the whole children of Israel. The two kingdoms, Yahuda and Israel. How many times they went to bondage? Many times. The true children of Israel, that's all they keep doing because they don't listen to nobody. This is what it's all about. You don't listen. Your head is harder than flint. That's what the most I said. 
This is what he told one of the prophets too. Go ahead and tell them what I said. And don't be scared of them. If they screwing up their face and whatever they doing, I don't care what kind of face they giving you. Go tell them what I said. You screw your face up just like them. Those are the true children of Israel. The ones that always got their face screws up. That's always fighting among each other. That's always doing each other. A child, those are the children of Israel. The blood covenant children of Israel with the blood running in their veins from Yaakov. Those are the children. Nobody else is. You know the children of Israel and it's all we through these books. What did the Most High say? The Most High said, I will remove Yahuda from my sight just as I remove the, the other kingdom, Israel, and I'll reject this city, which I have chosen. This Jerusalem in the house of which I said my name and my pledge and my presence shall be there. Say what? This is the most high saying it way back then. Child, you know who the children of Israel is. You being fooled if you think anything else right in your face. There's a lot of stuff. That's happening right in our face and we do absolutely nothing. Yet we talk a good game and say, oh no, I'll do this, I'll do that. And oh, who's this and who's that? Oh, who do, who is the children? People walking around talking about they the children. They ain't been through half the stuff the children of Israel been through even today, 2023. And they keep saying they the children. Honey, the most highest prophecy ain't never gonna fall down void. It's gonna do its job. It's going to wrap around like a boomerang and it's going to hit every target. That's all I got to say about that. Verse 28. Now the rest of the acts of Josiah and everything he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Yahudah? 29. In his days, Pharaoh Necho or Necho, king of um. I'll say Egypt, but it's um, in Hebrew is Mizraim. Went up to the king of Assyria at the river Euphrates to help him fight. Napolassar, the king of Babylon. So they get ready to go to war. King Josiah went out to meet him, but Pharaoh killed Josiah at Megiddo when he saw him. So what did that, uh, what did that heathen king of egypt did to josiah killed the king of um yahuda josiah's servants carried his dead body in a chariot from megiddo brought him to jerusalem and buried him in his own tomb then the people of the land took jehoaz the son of josiah and anointed him and made him the king in his father's place. Yeah. Jehoaz was 23 years old when he became king, and he reigned for only three months in Jerusalem. Wow, I wonder why. You know why. His mother's name was Hamutal, daughter of Jeremiah of Libna. He did evil in the sight of the most high in accordance with everything that his forefathers had done this is the nonsense i'm already exhausted i'm exhausted because this is the nonsense we got to keep going okay this is the nonsense we got to keep going through verse uh, 33 pharaoh nico imprisoned him 
at Riblah in the land of Hamath, so he would not reign in Jerusalem, and imposed a fine on the land at a hundred talents of silver and a talent of gold. Pharaoh Necho made Eliakim, the son of Josiah, king in his place of his father Josiah, and changed his name to Jehoiakim. But he took Jehoaz and brought him to Egypt where he died. Jehoiakim gave the silver and the gold to Pharaoh, but he taxed the land to give the money as Pharaoh commanded. He collected the silver and the gold from the people of the land, from everyone according to his assessment, to give to the Pharaoh Necho. Jehoiakim was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned for 11 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Zebida, daughter of Pediah of Rimlah. He did evil in the sight of the Most High in accordance to everything his forefathers had done. The nonsense of it all, honey. This is the nonsense. This is the sheer nonsense. You see this? This is the nonsense. Mm -hmm. But they had good hearts, though. <laughs> I got to laugh at that. <laughs> Ooh. Mm. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Mm. I can't. <laughs> all right. So, um, We're on chapter 24. Just give me one second. We read the highlights. What's that? Chapter 24, Jehoiakim, verse 1 through 4, Jehoiakim, first subdued by Nebuchadnezzar, then rebelling against him, procures his own ruin, 5 and 6, um, Jehoiakim succeeds him. Verse 7, the king of Egypt is vanquished by the king of Babylon, um, 8 and 9. Jehoiakim's evil reign, 10 through 16, Jerusalem is taken and carried captive into Babylon, 17 through 20, Zedekiah is made king and reigns ill into the utter destruction, uh, destruction of Yehuda. This is the nonsense. The expectation of anybody is when you know better, you do better. But look at these kings. They knew better. They knew better. They was all there when the baton was passed to the next king and then the next king. And what did they do? They sinned. It wasn't that many kings that did right. Just wickedness, honey, wickedness. And then you wonder, fast forward to that, you wonder why people's in the position they in. Child, here for our forefathers, they never been right. They never act right. They always wanted to follow evil. And it was their choice to do that. Nobody ain't put no gun to their head, a bow and arrow, nothing. Verse 20, I mean, uh, chapter 24. Babylon controls Jehoiakim. In his days, 
Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. Now, we already know what Babylon means, confusion. Okay, that's what it means in Hebrew. The king of Babylon came up and jo um, and Jehoiakim became his servant for three years and he turned and rebelled against him. The Most High sent marauding bands of Chaldeans, Armenians, which is uh, Syrians, Moabites, and Ammonites against Jehoiakim. And he sent them against Yahuda to destroy it. I already told you, the Most High said, when I'm done with you, I'm done. Can nobody do you like the Most High, honey? He said he was going to destroy this land. What are you doing? He's sending everybody. He's sending everybody to get them. Uh-huh. <laughs> In accordance with the word of the Most High, which he spoke through his servants, the prophets. Uh-huh. He said what he said. Surely this came on Judah at the command of the Most High to remove them from his sight because of the sins of the king of Manasseh in accordance with everything he had done. Now I'm going to say this, even though King Josiah was reigning, the king of Manasseh did so much wickedness that the Most High is paying the children of Judah uh, they're um he's getting them back for what this king did so i say this because we wonder today why all the stuff is happening to us but i'm telling you it's because what our forefathers did just like manasseh been dead a long time ago and the children of yahuda is paying for what manasseh did same thing happening to us and the same thing's going to happen to all the rest of the heathen nations too. Because whatever their forefathers did, especially to the children of Israel, is going to come back to them. The Most High said it. It's one of the laws. Okay. Back to what I was saying, verse 4. And all of the innocent blood that he shed, for he filled Jerusalem with innocent blood, and the Most High would not pardon it. Uh-huh. That's what Manasseh did, especially the killing of um, Isaiah. Anyway. Now, the rest of the acts of Joiakim and everything he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Yahuda? Um, Joiakim reigns. Okay, hold on. Now, there's a Joiakim and then there's a Joiachin. I don't know why, but I guess it's the second one. So Jehoiakim slept with his fathers in death and his son, Jehoiachin, oh my, reigned in his place. The king of Mizraim, aka Egypt, did not come out to his land again because the king of Babylon had taken everything that belonged to the king of Egypt. So he conquered the king of Egypt. From the river Egypt to the river Euphrates. That's what the Babylonian king did. Jehoiachin, um, the son, was 18 years old when he became king. And he reigned only three months in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Nechutha, the daughter of Nathan. El Nathan of uh, 
Jerusalem. He did evil, oh gosh, in the sight of the Most High in accordance to everything that his forefathers had done. At that time, this is verse 10, the servants of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, went up to Jerusalem and the city came under siege. Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, came to the city. Give me a minute. Hold up. Came to the city while his servants were besieging it. Jehoiachin, king of Yahuda, surrendered to the king of Babylon, and he and his mother and his servants and his captains and his palace officials. So the king of Babylon took him prisoner. In the eighth year of his own reign, he carried out there, Jerusalem, all the treasures of the house and the temple of the Most High. So you see, they were stealing all of the children of Israel's stuff. Now, you wonder why the children of Israel ain't got nothing. All this stuff was stolen by all the heathens. I'm talking about the true children of Israel. They ain't got a pot to piss in the window to throw it at her. Because uh-huh. all this stuff was stolen. But... The Most High said, all they stuff going to come back to them. I already told you, the Most High's word will not fall down void, baby. It ain't going to fall down void because all the stuff that these heathens got today will be back in the hands of the children of Israel when it's their time. Know that and understand it. So again, he carried out all um, of Jerusalem's treasures out of the house of the temple of the Most High and the treasures of the palace he took there too. And cut in pieces all the articles of gold in the temple of the Most High, which Solomon, the king of Israel, had made just as the Most High had said. Mm -hmm. He led away into exile all Jerusalem and all of the captains and all of the brave men and 10,000 captives and all the craftsmen and all the smiths. So what's happening to the children of Judah, the kingdom of Judah? They going into slavery. Nah, nah. I'm going to say it straight out, slavery. How many times did anybody, aside from the children of Israel, go into slavery? I'm not talking about conquering the land and killing the people and then um, mating with the leftovers and then um, um, conquering them in that way in DNA. I'm talking about breaking down kingdoms and bringing them into slavery, not wanting to um, uh, mingle and mix with them and just calling them all kinds of bywords and them just being by words and separated i'm not talking about that and i'm not talking about somebody just killing some people putting them in bondage and then um, wiping out many of them and i'm not talking about bondage as in the children of israel i'm talking about putting them in cages and just um putting them there for a little while so that they, they could be killed in a gas chamber i'm talking about the children of Israel who was literally slaves that built infrastructure everywhere they went. That's what I'm talking about. And that's who these children are. Okay? That's who they are. I'm not talking about other people's situation. I'm talking about the true children of Israel situation. Who can, who took their stuff? Who took all their stuff? The Babylonian king took it. And other, and other uh, kingdoms took it too that put um, the other king uh, kingdom in um, slavery. Took their stuff too. Okay. So the next time you go to a, uh, you go to um, 
Rome and you go to the Vatican and then you go to uh, Eurocentric um, museums and you go to um, uh, people with um, who are rich, who have relics, quote unquote. Think about where it came from, where it originated. Uh -huh. That's what I was saying. Nebuchadnezzar, verse 15, Nebuchadnezzar and Joiah Chin, excuse me, Nebuchadnezzar led Joiah Chin away in exile. Oh gosh, I'm getting tongue tied. Give me a minute. Okay. Nebuchadnezzar led Jehoiachin away into exile to Babylon. He also took the king's mother and the king's wives and his officials and led the men of the land, including Ezekiel. Ah, listen, listen as exiles from Jerusalem to Babylon. Why does this matter? Because Ezekiel is a major prophet. So when the king of Babylon took the children of Yahuda with the king to Babylon, they had a major prophet with them. And this is not going to be the first time. I need you to listen to everything that's said because in these books is weaved through other books. This is where the bridges are coming from. Okay. And the bridge to that is Ezekiel 1 and 1. There's even other bridges that go with these books that's not in the books of the Bible. This is what I keep trying to tell you. If you put in all your eggs in one basket, that is the Bible you going to be confused because there's so many other books that go with this Bible. I already told you this Bible is one puzzle piece of hundreds of books. Trust and believe that. Verse 16, and the king of Babylon brought as exiles to Babylon all the bright. I need you to listen, listen, listen with five ears. What I'm getting ready to say. Verse 16, and the king of Babylon brought as exiles, all the brave men, 7,000 of them, and the craftsmen and the smiths, a thousand of them, all strong and fit for war. Why does that matter, Florida? Because there's no way in the world nobody's going to go to nobody's land and take the weakest, the dumbest, the most feeble. No way. They're going to take the smartest. They're going to take the bravest. They're going to take the most fit. They're going to take um, the uh, most educated. And they're going to take the most crafty. And that's what heathens have done since the beginning of time. Children of Israel, you in the uh, land of your uh, captivity today, you come from some powerful stock. The smartest the fastest, the most stamina, the greatest, the line of Yahuda. That's who you came from. You all kings and queens. You coming from the line of a king. Don't you let nobody else tell you any different. 
it's saying it right here in these um, scriptures, 2 Kings 24 and 16. So when the king took these people to Babylon, they was the best of the best. So don't you let Florida or nobody else tell you, oh yeah, we taught them skills. No, like I said, you could go to any European um, uh, museum and see what the children of Israel been doing. Okay, that blew their minds. Stop the nonsense. It's too much stuff going on for you to believe anything else. Too much is too much. Okay, now the lies got to stop. Who you going to believe, the devil or you going to listen to your history and the most high? Stop the nonsense. Again, I'm going to read it. And the king of Babylon brought the exiles to Babylon, which was the brave men. They brought the craftsmen. They brought the smiths and all the uh, strong men fit for war. This was the practice of all heathens when they came to get the children of Israel. So stop the nonsense. Let the most high be the truth and every man, every heathen that's teaching you anything be a liar, okay? Because the heathens is teaching everybody everything. Remember, this is Esau's world. Our world ain't until later on. Praise y'all, hallelujah. Now I'm gonna keep moving. Verse 17. The king of Babylon made Mataniah, Jehoiachin's uncle, king in his place and changed his name to Zedekiah. Now, I'm going to say this. I did a lesson on what's in a name. Why is it important? People's names. You see how this king of Babylon changed the child of Israel's name? This is what the heathens did to the children of Israel, changed their names, especially when they came to America. They changed their names. I will say what the Most High said, for the children who are called by my name, you better check the slave rolls. You could go online and check the slave rolls and see what kind of names that the children, the slaves who came over here, because they keep calling them slaves. They ain't calling them humans that was in bondage. They ain't calling them the people who was enslaved. They ain't calling them the children of Israel, which they all are. All those things I just said, they ain't calling them that. Uh-huh. You know what the devil does. Keep calling it something until you get brainwashed into thinking it is what the devil said it is. So the king of Babylon then changed the king's uncle's name. That's what people do. Change people's name. I already told you, people of power do it. People who, um, either people of power do it, like a king, would put somebody in bondage and change everybody's names, or... The heathens that went over there and got uh, the children of Israel and beat the hell out of them and did everything and changed their names. Or when you're born, your mother and your father, they already have a name for you. And that's what that goes. Or somebody who loves you will give you a nickname. I told you somebody of importance and somebody of power gives you a name, whether good or bad. Understand that, know that. All these things is being done under your nose and you don't even know it. This is where ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is not bliss. Now, in these in these scriptures, I just told you there was good kings and there was bad kings. When the bad kings do stuff, we all got to suffer for it because we follow them. That's number one. Number two, you already know that the heathen king went and went to get the children of Israel 
who is the line of the kings, Yahuda, the kingdom of Yahuda, what did they do? They stole the best of the best and brought them into bondage. This has always been the case. There's no way in the world somebody going to go get the dumbest, the, the feeblest, nobody. For you to believe that, you're just as dumb as that dumbass um, donkey that's in uh, Florida. Hee-haw, hee-haw, he's a dumb donkey, okay? And I just told you that the king of Babylon just changed names. That's what they've been doing. That's the whole MO of the devil, straight up. Now I'm going to keep moving. Eight, uh, 18. Zedekiah was 21 years old. Remember, his name was changed. When he became king and he reigned for 11 years in Jerusalem and his mother's name was Hamutal, the daughter of Jeremiah of Libna. And the bridge of that is 2 Kings 23 and 31. He did evil in the sight of the Most High in accordance with everything that Jehoiakim has done. So his father was doing evil and now he is too. Because of the anger of the Most High, these things happened in Jerusalem and Judah. And it finally came to the point that he cast them from his presence and Zedekiah rebelled against the king of Babylon. Now I'm going to tell you how important that was, what was just said. And that's verse 20 of uh, chapter 24. The Most High sent that writer to say that because they sinned so much that the Most High allowed them to go into slavery. Oh, I'm letting them all go into slavery because I'm pissed. Yeah, that's why. And I'm going to read it again because the Most High told them, oh, you want to keep sinning? This what you want? Because you're choosing to do this. I'm going to let it happen for you. Okay? He just kept trying to be lenient, lenient, lenient. Now I'm done. All y'all going to be slaves. And that's exactly how now it begins. I already told you. Now it begins, honey. Now it begins. Slavery. Now they get ready to go into slavery. Can nobody on the face of this earth, aside from the children of Israel, say they ever been in slavery as many times as they've been? Not the uh, not the proselytes who uh, take this as a religion and nobody else. Nobody. Nobody, because I already told you, many other nations is not as robust as the children of Israel. They're not. They're not. Their history dictates it. And a lot of times when other nations get conquered, these uh, these wicked nations that conquer them, they do all kinds of unspeakable things to them and kill them off, not only with foreign diseases, but the, the acts that they do to these people, they destroy them in every way. You think the most high ain't going to get them? You think the most high ain't going to get them? Oh, yes, honey. The only reason why the children of Israel have not been totally wiped out is because they steal the most high's lot. And guess what? The Most High says vengeance is his. Oh, the Most High is going to get every nation that ever went up against the children of Israel and tried to destroy them. Every nation, every nation that ever went up against the children of Israel and tried to destroy them, the Most High is getting them. And he's going to save the worst for last. Just saying, this is all in through the scriptures. Ah, yes, honey. Ooh, it feels so good to read it. Now, this is the true scriptures. Don't you let nobody tell you no nonsense. You need to start reading these scriptures for yourself, for content and understanding, not just reading one scripture there and one scripture here. No, the Old Testament and the New Testament, well, I'll just talk about the Old Testament right now. The Old Testament is the history of the children of Israel. Even though they try to finagle and throw some lies up in there, 
this is the true history. And I'm going to tell you what book goes with first Kings, second Kings, first Chronicles, second Chronicle, uh, the book of Josephus. That's what goes in it. All the the wars and everything that went on, the book of Josephus goes in it. And I may just upload it just to let you know, is that in the Bible? No, I bet you most of the people never even heard that. Y'all going to stop playing with me. You're going to stop playing with the most high. You better get yourself in these scriptures and start walking with the most high before it's too late. Moving on. Second Kings chapter 25. And this is the last one. Here's the highlights. Verses one through three. Jerusalem is besieged. Four through seven. Zedekiah taken. His son slain. His eyes put out. I'm going to tell you how ruthless heathens are. Honey, they the devils. Mm -hmm. I already told you the devil's the devil. You're going to stop messing with me, honey. The devil is the devil. I already told you also that the devil got kids and, and uh, people who listen to him. You're not going to play with me, honey. Genesis uh, 3, 14 through 16, you're not going to play. Back to what I was saying. Uh, verses uh, 8 through 12. Neb what is Nebuzar Adon uh, defaces the city, carries out the remnant, except for a few poor laborers. I already told you, he just ain't going to get nobody who's feeble and, and don't know nothing. They ain't going to get nobody. If you believe that dumb donkey in Florida, I got a bridge I want to say, and it's, it's free. I mean, it ain't free. It's damn near free. Okay. I got a bridge that I want to sell you. It's a good bridge and it's almost free. Come on, come buy it. Like I said, verses 8 through 12, um, he steals everybody except a few poor laborers into captivity, uh, 13 through 17, and spoils and carries away the treasures, 18 through 21, the nobles are slain at Ribla, 22 through 26, um, Gebeliah, who was over them, had remained being slain, the rest flee into Egypt. There's another thing I want to say, too, in regards to Egypt. I'm, I'm going to say it when it comes up um verses 27 through 30 evil moderat murderock murderock that's his name evil murderock advances joachin in his court Chaldee's names honey all right this is the last chapter before we move on to the Chronicles. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to say it after I say this. After I read this last chapter, I'm going to say something about the Chronicles. Just give me a minute. Because I'm I'm all over the place, child. I'm just all over the place. But I'm trying to focus. <laughs> I want to say so many things. If I had two heads, I'll be talking, 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 talking. Through. Okay. All right. So we know that Nebuchadnezzar is going to take over and just steal uh the children he's just gonna come take them so now in the ninth year of zedekiah's reign on the tenth day of the tenth month nebuchadnezzar the king of babylon I already told you what babylon means came he with all his army against jerusalem and camped against it and built siege works surrounding it so they came deep to come against um 
Jerusalem. The city came under siege for nearly two years mm -hmm, until the 11th year of King Zedekiah. On the ninth day of the fourth month of the famine caused by the siege, because you know they couldn't go out because they had those walls, so they was being sieged. If they went out to get anything, they would be taken away. So that's why they was kind of uh, blocked into their own little area. So there was no food. There was a famine. There was no food for the people in the land. Then the city wall was broken. So now the Babylonians broke down the wall. Okay. And the children were conquered. All of the men of war fled by night by the way of the gate between the two walls by the king's garden through the Chaldeans, the Babylonians that were around the city. Now, there's two things that's important here. I'm going to mention it now, but I'm going to mention it later on too. Okay? I'm going to mention it now, and I'm going to mention it later on, and I can't tell you when later on. I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to mention it later on when it becomes, uh, when I start reading it, when it comes available to me. And it may be around Daniel or one of them. It's very important to note. Hold on. It's very important to note because a lot of times people try to guess what nation is what. The ancient name for the nation and the modern name for the nation. And it's very important to note simply because there's many prophecies concerning the nations that have an ancient biblical name that today could be traced by today's name. I told you people be changing names, dates. They be moving on other people's land. They doing all kinds of stuff that they shouldn't. But if you do enough homework, you'll know who's who and what's what. So I'm going to read this again and then I'm going to say something else. Verse four, the city wall was broken and the land was conquered and the men fled, the children of Yahuda fled by night by the gate between the two walls, by the king's garden, through the Chaldeans, which is the Babylonians. Sorry. Um, between the uh, two walls of the king's garden, though the Babylonians were all around the city, though, sorry. I need to slow down because I'm starting to say all kinds of stuff like I can't read. All right. So we know here that at this time when King Nebuchadnezzar is putting the children of Judah in slavery, that the Babylonians are called the Chaldeans. Why is that important? Because later on, the Chaldeans are going to be considered Romans. How? Because when a world ruler conquers a land, and I keep saying this, they mingle and mix with the people. That's what they do. I already told you. I said it two minutes ago. Many times, 
the per the people who come and conquer somebody, they kill the men and they mate with the women, and then they mix and mingle with the people who's there, and they become that. Think about in the United States when Europeans came over here with the indigenous people here. If they wasn't killed out, they mingled with them. Think about Rome when Rome was the last Roman rulers and they start going through um, Egypt. Did they not mix and mingle? They started killing the men and did they not start mixing, mingling with um, the rest of the people in the kingdom? This is why people believe that the, um, the ancient Egyptians was European and they wasn't. Because by the time the Europeans, which it was Greece first and then it was Rome, and this is according to Daniel and world history that nobody's telling you. This is why you got to rely on these scriptures because it's chronicalizing, it's, it's a chronology, mixing that. It's a chronology of world history along with the children of Israel's history. And this is in the book of Daniel. The, the next to the last uh, world rulers that conquered the children of Israel was Greece. Um, Greece conquered the children of Israel and then later on Rome conquered them they didn't mix with the children of Israel some people did mix with the children of Israel but for the most part they didn't what they did uh, Rome and Greece they mixed with the children of Egypt and they was just as black as the children of Israel and there's too many um, parts in this Bible that says that they was black. There's too many. And I will just say this. When Shaul in the New Testament, which, um, when he was writing his books and he was going and he was um, spreading the good news, the Romans thought he was an Egyptian. Now, why would they think he's an Egyptian? Think about that because the Egyptians was black. And I'm just saying black as a social construct because everybody says that. But they was melanated, pigmented. Because where are they? In Africa. Remember, all of that was not Middle East and all that. This is all relatively new names. I already told you about uh, social constructs. And when people um, conquer people, they change everything. You can't be that naive or ignorant. I already told you, ignorance is not bliss. You can't afford to be ignorant because in order for you to understand what these prophecies say, you need to know who the Most High is coming to get. You need to know who the Most High is going to destroy. You need to know what land is going to be saved, what's going to be destroyed. You need to know this and you can't know this if you don't know the history. That's why this is important. So I'm going to tell you again, by this time, two, Second Kings, uh, chapter 25 verse 4 the Chaldeans are considered the Babylonians but they're not going to keep the rule so when the next people conquer them they're going to be mixed and mingled with the other people until they become Romans this is how mixed up everybody is I already told you I told you and I'm going to tell you this the most I said that he going to change the blood or fix the blood of the children why because they've been trodden down and mixed and mingled too. And it's an offense to the most high. Trust and believe. Now I'm going to keep going.
And they went by way of the plain of the Jordan. So we know that the Chaldeans at that time were the Babylonians. But later on, they're going to turn into the Romans. Because I hear a lot of people saying, oh, they Romans. They wasn't always Romans. And they wasn't always Babylonians either. Okay? And how do we know this? You got to do a lot of reading on who's who. Okay? And there's some books when um, Abraham was a child, the Chaldeans was a different type of group, uh, different type of people at that time. So as things keep going, kingdoms and peoples keep shifting and changing. So I need you to understand that and know that because it's important. It's going to come out. I don't know when, but it is. Verse five. The army of the Chaldeans, who at that time are the Babylonians, pursued the king and took um, took over the king and um, in the plains of, excuse me, Jericho. Then his entire army was dispersed from him. So they seized the king, Zedekiah, and brought him to the king of Babylon at Ribla on the Orontes River. And sentence was passed on him. They slaughtered the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes. And then they put his eyes out. And then they bound him hand and foot with bronze shackles. And brought him to Babylon. Now the bridges to this is Jeremiah 34 and 3 and Ezekiel 12 and 13 now remember Ezekiel went with them into captivity all right so verse 8 on the seventh day of the fifth month in the 19th year of King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon Nebuchadnezzar Nebu, Nebu Zaradon, captain of the bodyguard, a servant of the king of Babylon. And remember, these names mean something. So Nebuchadnezzar in his um, Babylonian land, that meant something. The names mean something. I already told you, even the children's, uh, children of Israel's names mean something. It means that they belong to the most high. This is why people keep changing the names. Even in the book of Daniel, when they was calling people Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that wasn't the children's names. They still call them that to this day. And those are Babylonian names. You think people are not ignorant? They're ignorant. Anyway. So like I said, um, Nebuzaradan. So that's a Babylonian name too. I told you, they all mean some. Captain of the um, bodyguard, a servant of the king, came to Jerusalem. He burned the house, which is the temple of the Most High. He burnt it. And the king's house and all the houses of Jerusalem and every great house he burned down. Now I'm going to say this. There's other books that go to this. There's other books that go to this. 
But you have to remember this, the most high allowed this to happen because the most high, if the most high didn't allow this, it would never happen. Just like Yeshua said in the, um, in the New Testament, nobody's going to take the children out of my hands. Nobody's going to take my brother out of my hand or the children of the most high out of my hands. Nobody. And that's the truth. If the most high allows it, then it happens. First time, all the army of the Chaldeans, which is the Babylonians, Hold on. Who were with the captain of the bodyguard tore down the walls around Jerusalem. Hold on. I'm just highlighting. That's why I'm saying hold on. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the bodyguard, deported into exile the rest of the people who were left in the city and the deserters who came and joined the king of Babylon at the rest of the multitude. But the captain of the bodyguard left some unimportant and the poorest people of the land to be vineyard workers and farmers. So what did this captain of the guard do? He left the remnant of the people that didn't matter. And that's what conquerors did. Either they burned down and killed everybody or they left the, the leftovers. They took the best people they could. So there's no way in the world that donkey of a, uh, I ain't even gonna call him a man, he's a donkey, a dumb donkey, a ass in Florida could say that during um, slavery, the children of Israel, because that's who they are and were, were taught skills. Honey, they knew all of that before they got over here. Because the most I said, the worst kingdom is going to dismantle you. The worst, and you ain't going to understand what they say, and you ain't going to know nothing about their land. That's, uh, that's what the most I said to them. Know that. Anyway, verse 13. Now the Chaldeans, who's the Babylonians, smashed the bronze pillars, which were in the house of the Most High, and their bases, and the bronze sea, the large basin, which were in the house of the Most High, and carried the bronze to Babylon. So they looted. They stole. They took away the pots, the shovels, the snuffers, the spoons, and all the bronze articles they stole that was used in the temple. The captain of the bodyguard also took away the fire pins, the basins, and anything made of fine good, excuse me, fine gold, and anything made of fine silver. So what did these heathens do? They stole all the children of Israel's stuff. That's what they did. To this day, the children of Israel don't have their stuff. I'm talking about the children of Israel. I ain't talking about no um, proselyte. No proselytes. I'm not talking about that. Okay. Verse 16, the two pillars, the one sea, large basin, and the bases which Solomon had made in the house of the um, the Most High, the bronze and all the articles that were in the, that was in Calcutta. Hold on.
I'm highlighting a lot of stuff because I need to refer to it later. Verse 17, the height of one pillar was 18 cubits, which was about 27 feet. Um, and the capital of bronze was put on top of it. The height of the capital there was three cubits, 4.5 feet, a network lattice work of pomegranates around the capital were all of bronze. This is what the children of Israel did. And the second pillar had the same as these with a network. The captain of the bodyguard took captive Syria, Syria, Saraya, Sir, yeah, Saraya, the chief priest, Zephaniah, the second priest, and the three doorkeepers of the temple. And from the city of Jerusalem, he took an officer who was in command of the men of war and five men from the king's personal advisors who were found in the city and a scribe of the captain of the army who mustered the people of the land for military service and 60 men from the people of the land who were found in the city. This is what the... um the barbarian um, Babylonians took of the children of Israel. Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the bodyguard, took them and brought them to the king of Babylon at Ribla. The king of Babylon struck them down and killed them at Ribla. In the land of Hamath, north of Damascus. So Judah had was taken into ed, um, exile from their land. Mm -hmm. Now the people, verse 22. Now over the people whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon had left in the land of Yahuda, he appointed as governor, Gadaliah, the son of Ahiakim, the son of Shaphan, when all the captains of the forces, they had their men, Heard that the king of Babylon had appointed Gebaliah the governor. Now, remember, this is the remnant that didn't have nothing. Those were the stragglers, the leftovers. They came with their men to Gebaliah at Mizpah, namely Ishmael, the son of Nathaliah, and um, Johanan, the son of Kareth. And Syriah, the son of Tanoeth, the Nephathite. Oh, gosh. Jezaniah, Jezaniah, the son of the Mephathite. <laughs> Gedaliah swore an oath to them and their men. And said to them, do not be afraid of the servants, which are the officials of the Chaldeans. Live in the land and serve the king of Babylon and all will be well with you. But the seventh, but in the seventh month, Ishmael, the son of Nephaliah, the son of Elishamiah, of the royal family who had claimed to be a governor, came with 10 men and struck and killed Gadaliah and 
the Hebrews and the Chaldeans who were with him and Mesbah. Then all the people, both small and great, and the captains of the forces sent out and went to Egypt, for they were afraid of the Chaldeans. I'm going to talk about this in a minute. They was afraid of the Babylonians. Now, why is it important that I'm mentioning that the children, when they got scared, they ran into Egypt? Why were the children always running into Egypt? Remember, the Most High told them, don't go back to Egypt. Once they got out of Egypt from bondage, don't go back into Egypt. But many times in many wars, when they got scared, they went into Egypt. Why? Why did the children of Israel keep going into Egypt? When the Most High told them, don't go back into Egypt. And I'm going to tell you why, but I'm asking a rhetorical question. I'm going to give you a minute to think about it. Why? Why did the children keep running back into Egypt when the Most High told them, don't go back into Egypt once they came out of slavery? I'll give you a minute. There's two reasons why. Remember, the Most High, when they went to Egypt the first time, when it was the 12 sons, Most High allowed them to go there because there was a famine, but they stayed there. But remember, um, Mizraim, the king of Mizraim, which means bondage, he put them in slavery. And they couldn't get out of slavery. They was tricked into going into slavery. And that, um, that Pharaoh... And I need you to listen closely. The Pharaoh thought of various ways, him and his closest court thought of various ways to kill the children of Israel. They was doing all kinds of ways, kind of like today, all kinds of ways of how they could kill the children of Israel because they had to be very sly to be able to kill them. Okay. When they left, um, when the Most High led them out, like he said, he's going to lead them out again. When he led them out the first time, he said, don't go back in there. Now we had two kings, okay? Because that was um, Genesis and Exodus. Most High told them, don't go back in there. Now it's two kings. The king of Babylon, which is um, Chaldean, they saying, conquered them. And many of them are scattering. Why are they running into Egypt? Even though the Babylonian king is taking over Egypt too, why are they running into Egypt? And the answer is because when a child of Israel runs into Egypt, you don't know who's an Egyptian and who's a child of Israel. I already told you everybody over there was melanated. So if I'm running, and I'll just say black and white, if I'm running into a, a batch of black people and I'm running from somebody, how are you going to know who's with who? Because I'm melanated. If I had to run somewhere, somebody non-melanated chasing me and I run into somebody's neighborhood that's all melanated, how are you going to know where to get me? That's why the children of Israel kept running into Egypt. Because everybody was the same complexion. Now, they didn't believe the same things, but they was the same complexion and they wasn't from the same nation. That's why I keep telling you. Melanated people are the most diverse people in this whole world, melanated. But you would have some idiot say that we're not. 
We are the most diverse people in the whole world. Just because we melanated don't mean we all the same. But the whole world got people thinking that all the melanated people's the same. And I'm talking about AKA black people. Who they call black people? Because you already know black is a social construct. Everybody thinks that black people is all the same. And they're not. We the most diverse people everywhere. Everywhere. Do DNA tests. You'll see how diverse we are. But looking at us, you think everybody's the same when we're not at all in any way. As a matter of fact, there's more um, non-melanated people that's all the same than melanated people. But nobody talks about that. But back to what I was saying, the reason why the children of Israel kept running back into Egypt, a.k.a. Um, Mizraim, is because they all was the same skin color. Which leads me back to how on earth can people say that Egyptians was not melanated? How? Like European, how? How, 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 how? When the truth is, no, they wasn't. And there's so much proof in the scriptures. This is what I just read you. And it's not going to come out and jump and bite you in the face. You have to have discernment and common sense. And you already know a lot of people don't have common sense. So it's right under their nose. Again, I'm going to read it. Then all the people, both great and small, and the captains of the forces set out and went to Egypt. For they were afraid of the Chaldeans, which is the Babylonians. So why did they run into Egypt? Because nobody's going to know it's them. There. Verse 27. Now it came about in the 37th year of the exile of Jehoiachin, the king of Yahuda, on the 27th day and the 12th month, that evil Murdoch, 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 king of Babylon, and yes, that's his name, E-V-I-L-M-E-R-O-D-A-C-H, that's his name, in the year that he became king, showed favor to Jehoiachin, the king of Yahuda, and released him from prison, listen, and he spoke kindly to him set his throne above the throne of the other kings, which are the captive of the peoples who were with him in Babylon. Jehoiachin changed from his prison clothes for palace garments. He dined regularly in the king's presence for the, for the remainder of his life. And his allowance, even though he was still in bondage, a continual one was given him by the king, evil Murdiach. Now it's Murdiach before it was Murdiach. They keep changing these names and the spelling of the names too. So I think that might be a mistake. Let me highlight this because I think they're making a mistake in here. Because they're saying the same name except they're spelling it one letter off. A portion every day for the rest of his life. I think there's a mistake in here. Let me let me look. Yeah, there's a typo. I'm checking with the other books. There's a typo. Uh, the man's name is Evil Med Rodak. But they put an I in here instead of an O. So I just saw a typo in the um, Amplifier. Actually, I saw two. So there's actually two 
um, typos. I just saw two typos in these books. Mm -hmm. So if you're not checking, if you're not checking, you won't see the mistakes because there are mistakes in Bibles. And there is a um, there's actually two typos I just saw in these um, in the Amplified Bible. I should call them up and tell them. <laughs> I should because they selling a lot of these books and they got typos in them. Anyway, um, I'm done with that reading. Just like I said before, you're gonna learn something. Even when I bumble, uh, you're going to learn something out of these scriptures. Mm -hmm. You're going to learn something. And these are important things to note. All of this stuff is important about these nations and who these nations were back then and who they are today. It's very important to know and to note. I also learned something because um, Chaldeans had changed several times from different nations being mixed and mingled because I thought them to be a different nation myself and now I'm seeing that Babylon uh mixed and mingled with them because before Babylon they was another a different nation so we will see that um they will continue to change as a nation as they continue to conquer and be conquered and that's how it works here because more and more that people come and you could use the United States um, as an example. Uh, in the beginning, the, the, the face of the United States, which it wasn't in the United States when before Europeans got over here, it was different people, different types of people. And if you believe Christopher Columbus is the one who came over here and started doing everything, I got a bridge I want to sell you and it's cheap. Because trust and believe me, there was people over here way before Christopher Columbus came. And it was already proven. So as the United States, before it wasn't the United States, but what the Europeans got over here, they called the United States through their uh, history and whatever. It keeps changing. The face of the United States keeps changing. And that's just like how the world is. The face of the world and its people keep changing. And as things keep changing, the uh, what happened yesterday and who the people were yesterday are not the same as the people who are today. So it's really important to find out because even though we make mistakes, the most high don't make no mistakes because there's prophecies that that's naming groups of people that are currently mixed and mingled today that the most high don't care whether it's mixed and mingled he gonna get them yeah and that's what we need to know that's why it's important to know exactly who's who because when we continue to keep reading the chaldeans is going to become a different type of people you're going to say remember it's babylonia but you're going to see it's going to start being romans not now but way later on because Remember in Daniel, there was four major world rulers that conquered and they conquered the world. So as they continue to conquer the world, they mix and mingle with the people. 
So they, the face of the people become different. So that's just something I need you to know. We learned a lot of stuff today, even me. We learned a lot of stuff today. Um, and I hope that, well, my hope and my focus and goal is to keep us all on our toes so that we could all have a walk that is satisfying to us that will keep us wanting to walk with the most high by learning something every day, um, by giving us the zeal to want to know everything about us through the scriptures. Cause remember there's other people in the scriptures that, um, that was dealing with us and we was dealing with. So you're going to find out about other nations too. So, um, I hope that, um, this was an eventful <laughs> listening experience, <laughs> Um, and I hope that you continue to uh, tune in. Um, we can share this information, give somebody else the link, send your questions, um, uh, make comments as to what type of, um, uh, information or topics you would like to listen to. And I will do my best to accommodate you. I thank you for listening. I thank you for tuning in. I thank you for sharing. I thank you for subscribing. I thank you for following. I thank you for all that. And as we continue to move forward, I don't want nobody to have no thin skin because this is truth here. Whether my voice is high or it's low or I'm doing my shenanigans, I'm just here to tell the truth. That's it. I'm not against nobody and I'm not... Um, coming down on nobody except for the children of Israel because they should know better. But um, aside from that, we're just telling the truth here. It is what it is. Um, I hope that you enjoy your day. I hope that you enjoy your Sabbath, your family, your meditation, your zeal for the most high, your prayer session. And I hope to see you again. And until next time. Hi, trying to contact me regarding a question, comment, or concern? Well, you got two ways of doing so. The first way is you can email me at cliffnoteqna at yahoo.com. I'll say it again. This is one word. Cliffnote, the letter Q, the letter N, the letter A at yahoo.com. The second way is you can upload a question, concern, or comment on Spotify. The question section appears under the episode's description on Spotify. Send me your question and I'll definitely answer it. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. To hear the word of truth from the most high but you know what's better hitting that follow button and hitting the small bell next to it to be notified of new content you can also save a life by sharing this valuable content go ahead save a life today thanks
Don't make me your guilty pleasure. Hit that follow button and make that commitment. You will not be disappointed. And it's free. It doesn't cost nothing to hit that follow. Thanks.